Welcome to Queer Perspective, hosted by your favorite gay lesbian duo, Andrew and Noemi. Yay! Disclaimer, Andrew and Noemi will be talking about some sensitive topics. Proceed at your own discretion. Trigger warning, homophobia. Trigger warning, sexual harassment. Um, we did not estimate correctly how long this recording was going to be. It literally lasted like two and a half hours. The fun part is, um, the last hour and a half, um, was unusable. <laughs> Yay! We love a fucked up audio. We love it. Oh my gosh. Um, so the thing is, is like we regrouped. Um, and now we've decided to split the concept of intersectionality into three parts. Um, so the first part was already recorded. Right now we're starting the second part, which is continuing on conversation. And we're thinking of like finishing our intersectionality conversation and then go into STEM so we could have like a full hour. And then we have a special treat because we didn't really talk about what it's like to be black and queer. So yes. we're going to spend a whole hour with our lovely Noemi discussing really about trauma, how- exposing trauma. <laughs> <laughs> just like an hour of just like get your popcorn and your beer and your wine mm -hmm. and your heart. It's trauma hour. And your it's trauma hour. So as we go into detail about all the bullshit that Noemi's been through. So intersectionality. Let's go back to where we were before. And I think the last thing we talked about was more of like recent. Um, let me see the, the topics at hand. And I think we did talk about like, you know, the home culture growing up in a location in Cuban circles. But uh, we were talking more about like more recent uh, times, like when mm -hmm. we were in college together and stuff like mm -hmm, that in mm -hmm. those circles that we did. Um, I, I, here's a, one of the questions is, when did you feel most seen and comfortable as a queer person? I don't know if we actually talked about that. I think we did, but we I could we like touched on it. Touched on it, tangents. but we could get deeper. I think you talked right. about like when you were around, but like when did you feel like you were most comfortable as a queer person? I think in my in my last answer, I was like probably in high school and blah, You blah, did. Blah, I remember you did say I, that. I didn't fully I didn't have a good idea of like the the scope of like my queerness. So mm -hmm. now actually like reflecting on what I said, I'm not even sure I was all that comfortable at that time. It was more like being exposed to different things um, kind of sparked this mm -hmm. interest in me okay. to be more like introspective and like more inquisitive and stuff like that. But I don't I don't think it was a comfortable process. So <laughs> it never is. It's yeah, truly. I think I I have little moments though, um, where I'll talk to people that understand that I like women. And it's mostly it's mostly times where I'm like, I love women. I wish they could all step on my face. <laughs> That's what I want. And then the person with me is like, yeah, you're right. That's true. And then I'm like, yes, I see. I feel seen and validated as a queer person that loves women. Yeah. 
Um, so is that more recent times? Like, <laughs> yeah, it it happens. It it happens every so often. Like I have some some cousins that I talk to, and like that'll happen. Or like mm -hmm. I'll talk to you, and then you're like, yeah. You love women, and I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> love them. It is like, yeah, it's like at least that's a better change than mm -hmm. how you were before. It's like, yeah, men yeah. exist, I guess, and women. <laughs> oh, have I told you how much I love women? I'm like, yes, no, I mean, you have. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, do go on. <laughs> um, yeah, I okay. I think the point and the idea is like when you're a queer person, it's almost as like, it's an evolution of who you are. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's like, when I'm thinking about like, oh, when was I most accepted? I'm like, the older I get, the more I feel like I'm more accepted because I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm weeding out the assholes who don't accept me for who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping the ones that do. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to expand my, or at least shout out. I, the most I could do is attempt. <laughs> Yeah. Um, of finding people or circles that I do feel like can accept me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do believe it's an evolving. So as far as I could tell, I think now I'm literally yeah. making a podcast about being gay. True. That's that's pretty accepting of me. <laughs> More comfortable because I don't mm -hmm. think I would have done this in like five years ago. Oh. oh. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. No. No. Um, five years so, ago, I still thought I was like into men. So yeah, five years ago, I was more like it was like the like a, a pick me gay like with straight people. Mm. It's like I'm not that gay. I'm part of the cool people. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what what the hell? Like, honey, oi. Yeah, yeah, just be gay. <laughs> yeah, like just be gay. You don't like. So I understand that. Yeah. Uh, is there a way Ooh, to do you think yes. um sorry to interrupt, to no, interrupt but like do you think that the pandemic like played a part in that because i think before the pandemic like both you and i were around a lot of straight presenting people let's just say yeah um or straight passing people so um which you know like there's no way that like you can know as a queer person like who else mm -hmm. is queer around you unless they tell you but sometimes you have an inkling, you know, in the way that they act or, or the way that they dress. But we were in a lot of environments where, like, we didn't have an inkling around mm -hmm. about the people around us at all. I think, at least for me, the pandemic was really good because it felt... I think I was able to, like, give myself more space to, like, accept mm. myself. Because I wasn't constantly, like, in a circle of other people that weren't like me. Mm. You know? Okay. Um, I get what you're saying. Um, because it's like, I kind of had the same mentality. Like, I think I've embraced my, excuse me, my sexual, my identity or whatever, mm -hmm. more in the past year because of the isolation. For sure. Um, because I work from home mm -hmm. and I spend 10 hours a day on a computer. So a lot of thinking happens uh and the thing is is like i also have gotten to the habit of like sometimes i need like long range long time when you're done listening to music you want to listen to something else when i'm working on the computer and stuff like that uh and i've gotten the habit of finding youtubers or maybe podcasts or documentaries that talk about these topics and that's why i've been mm -hmm. super fascinated with it more 
uh, and why I even wanted to do a podcast because I listen to like a lot of trans YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Um, do I listen to gay YouTubers? I mean, if they have a political angle or something like that, I've listened to. Um, I remembered like a couple of uh, uh, historians that talked about like homosexuality and history and stuff like that. So it's almost oh, like um, yeah. you sent me that one video that like showed me. It was like this super long like hour long was it it was either like an hour long or like three hours long or something and it was like a class where mm-hmm. this lady was like teaching i i love her you remember right yes i think it's like kathy bardock or something she wrote a book called Dude. um uh, like crossing the the bridges the ravine or something like that where she mm-hmm. talks about like when did homosexuality the word become used in the bible because it wasn't until the 50s that it was suddenly mm-hmm. in the bible and like mm-hmm. before that all translations didn't use that word there mm-hmm. wasn't even like a, a actual like direct translation of homosexuality in mm-hmm. the original text and then she goes into the history of like how did that come to terms what was the decisions made why did they do it and then like the ramifications because i from what i could tell it was just sort of like a misunderstanding what homosexuality was but um, a lot of political heads and a lot of people ran with it, and it was like the damage was already done. Um, but it was it was very interesting of reading both the original intent of the Bible when it comes to this topic, mm-hmm. which generally the word for homosexuality that's used is usually associated with like both. Um, I think it's like pedophilia. Yeah. Something along those lines, or or or, or it's like. Um, like an abuse of like i don't remember what the words meant but i knew one of them was like pedophilia mm-hmm. and the fact that they used homosexuality was like close enough i guess like literally there was like fools was absolute like, buffoons <laughs> um and the interesting part it was because uh i remember because it's like i think i sent you like a one hour one but then i like i saw yeah. that one and then i saw like a three hour one and then like an interview of like because it's like they are historians so they went deep into like archives and they saw like correspondence letters between like priests and the interpreters and there was this Mm -hmm. one priest who was a closeted gay man um and he sent a a letter to the translators saying like hey your current translation of homosexuality could do a lot of damage to the the gay community and they responded like yeah you're right we don't want to do that (laughs) Like, Not that's this. fucked up. But the thing is, is, like, the church is very slow moving when it comes to these translations. So since it's already, and they responded when it already was published or something. So in the next translation, the next 10 years, we'll remove it. Thank you. And it was like, okay. And it was like, the damage was already done. But the lady, Kathy, found the guy. <laughs> she found the guy and did an interview with him and, like, went through his whole life. Yeah, it was interesting. Wow. I was like, I was like fascinating. It's like that was the so as like and I literally I was like I have time I work it from home mm-hmm. <laughs> I just put mm-hmm. that in the background and so that was the kind of stuff that I was watching and listening to in the past year that got me super more interested of like discussing these topics and you're the person mm-hmm. I talk to these topics because like my family's yeah. like yeah okay cool but you're like you're like well when I <laughs> like so I feel like now like I said now I feel the most um gay I guess is mm-hmm. the word most queer Mm -hmm. Um, yeah me as well a lot of times like i'll look at myself and i'm like i'm so gay look at me go (laughs) 
<laughs> but the thing is, is like I would look into myself like back in the days, and it, like hell, I even grown to enjoy the sound of my voice, my voice, because back mm. in the day, I was like, God, I sound so goddamn gay. Oh my god! You know how yeah. many times I've been misgendered on the phone saying, "Ma'am," what? What's it's like? Okay, whatever. I just, I just want a number five. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's just like roll with it but it's like i used to thought oh it's so feminine and so mm. flamboyant my voice but now i'm like no it is me it is the my way you voice. just have emotions in your voice all the like, all the time i can't i can't stop for it. for men i feel like when you actually show your emotions in your voice like everybody's like oh my god so flamboyant so like ooh la la and it's like he, but it's not flamboyant flamboyant rem- makes me feel like it's out of this world exactly like, this explosive thing <laughs> i don't know i remember when we were doing um projects and we had to record voices in our engineering classes like all the other guys is like recordings were dead and dull it was like so we were talking about that it had a growth of three centimeters and we had to protest it and it was like and i was like and then we did it and it was like i had to tone it down I was too gay for an engineering <laughs> and even I acknowledge it's like oh I'm peaking the mic okay I got it I should like I should back off a little just a little mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I do embrace it it's like it's funny now that currently like people knew who I was in my current place of work be- when I worked in the office because I have a very distinct voice mm. and they just like and it's like they oh yeah i know who you are and it's like part of me is like what does that mean but like i take it as a compliment i'm right. distinguished i'm different right. you know and before i didn't want to be different but now it's like in a field where there's a lot of monotony um it's nice don't get me started don't um, get me started on the monotony i mean i know we we're doing intersectionality but we were that's a good segue into stem into we, stem yeah yeah um, so, because we wanted to do a whole STEM episode, but since mm-hmm. the, our intersectionality, and since we're really going to spend, like, another episode talking specifically about Black, we're like, how can we extend this one so we can have, like, still finish the topics we have in the original mm-hmm. recording, but also make it, like, an hour long, like, a full episode. So, we decided, right. like, there's a lot of overlap for us in regards with um, the STEM field and being mm-hmm. queer. So, we're just going to, like, we're just going to scooch it scooch it over here into this episode yeah and talk about it because it's like it's it's decent um so we're we're pivoting switching gears yes. and now we're going from like our ethnicity and we're going to talk about how it feels how so this is part episode is called lgbtqia plus in stem we do exist <laughs> we're real like we're a very small we're minority there. but we exist yeah um we appear every so often Every once in a while, you're like, "Oh my gosh!" There's like, and like a lesbian engineer on YouTube making cool shit, you know. You know, actually, today, um, somebody from my research group was talking to me, and uh, I have to work on this presentation, and they were telling me, "Yeah, mm-hmm. if you show this," they were just mentioning it as like part of something else that they were saying, but they were like, "Yeah, if you show this to like a friend or like a colleague or like your boyfriend," and I was like. <laughs> Did you I laugh was like, in their face? <laughs> I had to restrain. I was sitting there. I was like, do you really think I would have a boyfriend? Like, 
really? And when I tell you, you remember that outfit? That's like the the firefighting like outfit. Oh yeah. So she showed me an outfit because you know we're best friends, and she's like, she's, <laughs> and she actually has a social life, and I don't. So, um. <laughs> She likes to show me her outfits and I'll be like, oh my God, you're looking hot as hell. And sometimes it's like, that doesn't work. Please change that. Yeah. But like one of my favorite outfits that she put, but like I'm, I'm an asshole. And I like literally, it's like <laughs> a t-shirt, but like, you know how firefighters have that blue t-shirt or something like that? Like it looks thick. She had yeah. that with like, what, what was the pants? It was, like, tucked into, like, these, like, skater, uh, like, they were, like, high-waisted and, like, these mm -hmm. black uh, chinos or whatever. But they mm -hmm. weren't tight. They were, like, relaxed and stuff. Very relaxed, um, very loose. Yeah. Um, uh, except that it was cinched at the waist, you know. Um, and, but, yeah. And I just called her out and it's, like, fire girl realness. <laughs> and I was just, just like, and I, it was cute, but it's, like, mm -hmm. it's very butch. And I like yeah. it. Um, and I was wearing that. I was wearing that. that. <laughs> you were wearing I was. That? <laughs> you were wearing and... your butch's outfit, and they were just like, <laughs> and just like when you see your butch, and you're just like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? <laughs> it's like, how can I convince you people? That, like that I have sometimes. like my the sides of my head are like shaved. I have short hair. I'm wearing this bush outfit. I'm like, what else do I need to do? It's like, I don't want to stereotype. And it's like, it, you don't have to, just because you're just like that, you're not, a, doesn't mean you're attracted to a certain type or anything like that. But this is like, I'm assuming- But there's the correlation. Person, yeah. But I'm assuming the person you were talking to was straight. I'm, or you don't know. I don't know, but they, oh. but she has a boyfriend. Okay. So that, yeah. uh, I'm not saying that also tells you anything about anybody. Yeah. But I mean, like, I would like to put my betting money on, and I would like to say that they're straight because they're part of the engineering and yeah, they have a boyfriend. Yeah, okay. They said that you have, you have a boyfriend straight. I was like, I really doubt that they were, she was checking uh, you out and saying like, well, I mean, it's like your boyfriend, huh? <laughs> or, or girlfriend, no. <laughs> like, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like a, like testing the water situation. Yeah, no. Like she said um, it and I was just sitting there and I'm like, I, I just can't escape it, can I? I would just like have corrected her and like in the moment it's like if he's like, but oh, I don't, you have I'm a girlfriend or boyfriend, like <laughs> the thing is like it's weird because I don't I'm not with anybody. So it's not like even if I did say like, oh girlfriend, like she would be like, You have a girlfriend, I would be like, No, but I wouldn't have a boyfriend. I would like it's you it's, would just, you would do it so awkwardly. It's like if you had a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, honey. <laughs> And it's like, do you have a boyfriend? No, moving on. <laughs> Sensitive subject. Never. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Okay, we got sidetracked on that. What were yeah. we <laughs> oh, you were talking about your presentation. Yeah, well, no, I just wanted to mention it as like, because we were talking about how, you know, queers do exist in STEM, mm -hmm. but it's still like other straight people. I saw this one TikTok that was basically saying that like other straight people do not know that you're queer. So they'll just be they like, don't. oh, they're just weird or artistic. Yeah. Or like, or That's just the explanation. Just like, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, they're different or like effeminate or something like that. And it's just, it's like, no, yeah. I'm gay. Like, what's, I think it's maybe <laughs> they like, think it's offensive for you, it's like or something. He's to flamboyant. That. Like, like, maybe they think it's offensive or whatever. And like, I've had this conversation with coworkers before. Like, sometimes they assume I have a wife or something like that. I'm like, what? Me? 
me. Have you heard? Have you heard this gay ass voice? <laughs> it's like I, I. It's like I. I wouldn't be. But okay, fine, whatever. And we just. It's like it's just yeah. that assumption that it's not necessarily in the vernacular. And most people that go into STEM are mm-hmm. straight. So like, and they're used to being surrounded by straight people. I mean, my the uh, the uh, the the place I work with is LGBT friendly. I mm-hmm. I know that. I think I've discussed it before, but it's still like, it's a very predominantly STEM field, so it's predominantly mm-hmm. straight. Most of the discussions they talk about is how they're married in straight relationships. I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody let me do. just throw up off off <laughs> mic. <laughs> There's nothing wrong, but I'm also yeah, I'm like, not okay. I'm not shaming me. anybody. I'm not shaming. It's anybody like I want to get married one of these days, but it's like you know, to a man, <laughs> right? Yeah, like... not shaming anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm restraining we're... myself. Yeah, restraining myself. Anyway, um, but yeah, and and I also just for like context sake, like, um, I work slash am a student in a STEM academic context, so it just. I keep choosing these environments for myself, even though. Oh, me I'm too. Queer. It's like I literally still looked at my queerness as like, well, I want money, so. <laughs> True. Well, <laughs> well, I see that give... being in academia, it's like academia doesn't give you money, so I. Yeah, you, that's I true. Um, yeah. But corporate does, so. Yeah, corporate does. Yeah. For real. If you play along with the game, the corporate game, you can make a lot of money. Especially as an engineer, so uh, let me see. So, anyways, okay. STEM. Where we're talking. So, so you wrote down some points, and you wrote Andrew right. in high school. Yeah, that wasn't really a question, but I think you have more experience than me. Um, oh, in STEM, just being because... in a prolonged STEM environment. Because yeah. what's different between like your high school experience and my high school experience is that I went to an art high school, which yeah. at the time it felt like if you were straight you were the minority or yeah, like if you weren't like outwardly expressive or, or whatever like you were the minority so it felt very inclusive to me mm. um and now looking back i don't know how accurate that is no. but that's what it felt like and that's it what that, it it, that's what counts yeah i don't know like you don't know how it was maybe looking back and mm-hmm. going through therapy you'd be like oh wait it wasn't but at least in the moment it was yeah yeah uh-huh. but yes so, it, the, the difference between um, Noemi and I is that she went to an art school. I yeah. went to a technical school where you go to different, like, you know, one of those programs that, like, oh, they'll, you, by the end is of high school. Is it the magnet school? It wasn't a magnet school. It was a technical school. So I was, at, by when I graduated, oh, I, I had a certification. I think, and I, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I certified in programming. So I was a computer programmer for all of high school. And, um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and oh no, nerd galore. It was like, I mean, it's like my first guy crush was there, of course. Mm. Um, you know, him playing his Yu Gi Oh cards while they play like computer games on the off time. And I was just there, like, man, he's so cool. Looking back on it, no. <laughs> I feel really passionate about this yeah guy. I feel really passionate it's like oh my god he's just so, so cool he's, he's so cool he's into like Sonic the Hedgehog I like I'm I feel like I'm outing them but it's like they, I haven't hot talked to this person in 10 years mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. in over 10 years um mm-hmm. they're married now 
Um, oh. Because they're straight. <laughs> it's like they're in their 30s. They're straight. They're married. They, they mm -hmm. already have kids. But it's like that was the, and, and the thing is, is like in my graduating class in high school, this was back in 2008. Um, this was the same year that Prop 8 was on the ballot. Do you know what Prop 8 is? No. Prop 8 was uh, a ballot initiative that was said if it was voted for and if it passed, it would made marriage legal only for a man, one man and one woman. It was to, to set that in, our, in the Florida, or I think it was across the country. I don't remember, but I remember mm -hmm. that was on the ballot and it was like, it mm -hmm. lost, thank God. But mm -hmm. it was like, you know, one of those moments is like, this is on the ballot. Like, yeah. people need to vote or um, oh, people are losing rights. Um, yeah. So that was all in the same time. And my graduating class uh, for high school, I think had like two gay guys at a class of like 300, 400 or something like that. And like one lesbian. Okay. The thing is, like, statistically, representation. Spe statistically speaking, I know that that number is a lot higher. <laughs> well, yeah. But, like, yeah. out, out, that was only two. Mm hmm I think um, it's, yeah, like, it's hard because you're never really going to know how many people around you are queer. Mm-hmm. But... I think that goes also into like feeling comfortable enough to yeah. be queer, whatever that means for the person, or maybe they're closeted. And it's also oh. South Florida, so. Oh God, I just like triggered a memory. Oh fuck. <laughs> I mean, part of me wants to like talk about it because it is relevant, but it's also yeah. like part of me is like trigger warning, um, bullying, <laughs> and a little bit of uh, harass sexual harassment. <laughs> I think, I've, have I ever told you about this? Should I even talk about it? I don't it? think so. <laughs> okay. Then I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's your decision. Um, and is it going to make it worse for you if you like talk about it? Because that girl, might, that might make care. it worse. <laughs> Not you being like, I'm a Capricorn. I, I am a Capricorn. I, okay. I'll like, how can I put this? Like without being as triggering. And like, even I'm just like, oh, am I actually going to put this out into the ether? But okay, it is my story. It's not yeah. like I have to, but it's like, it's an experience that happens to, and it's like, it's like a me too moment a little. And it's like, it didn't happen because it's like the way I responded to the situation made it stop. And I made sure that, so the situation was, and maybe later I'll decide to cut it out. It was like in this high school, look at, it's like on the bus ride home, I was bullied. Um, by this motherfucker, uh, this guy that, but the way that he would bully is that he would insinuate that I was gay and it has been like 14 or 15 and he would make jokes and hit on me very loudly in front of everybody. Um, and I would say like, it got there. Like I remember thinking about back at then, like now as an adult looking back at it then, and he would like put his hands on me and uh touch places was it somebody he was, was uh somebody at your school or? yes it was a, a like a, a either a senior or a junior um and i was like a freshman or something and
And, um, you know, it was like looking back at it then, I acknowledged that the way that it wasn't, it, it was like, how can I put this? Like I, looking back at it, like I knew he was semi-serious about like his advances. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. Like you could tell there was some. There was something. Like he was very good at like. Some truth to it. I'm not going to go into details what he did. And, you know, but it was like looking back on it, it was like, ah, I haven't felt, nobody's touched like my, like that since, you know. Yeah, but so again, trigger yeah. warning. Uh, yeah. I'm, but my response to that whole thing was like, after like about a month of that shit, I just took a stand. So the way that I dealt with this bullying was that I ignored him the fuck out. Like, you know how they say like, don't engage with your bullies or like pretend like so that I literally took that to heart and mm-hmm. literally they ignored the fuck out of him. If we were going down the same hallway or something like that, and he would yell at me and say, like, hey, baby, looking sexy today. And I'm like, it was like, literally looked a different way and pretend I didn't hear anything. Um, okay, that gave you the context of like the kind of situations that I was in. in high to school. this day, I'm so happy I never went to a big <laughs> high school. That shit always happens in big high schools. It does. Because it's too many people to know who the fuck, like, said anything. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, in a small high school, like, everybody knows each other. So it's, yeah. like, if you do some weird stuff, like, people are going to know in the entire... To this day. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. So the way I just, like, I ignored him. If he started mm-hmm. yelling at being stupid or wanted to, like, do that shit with me again, got mm-hmm. up, walked away. Didn't even acknowledge his existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that like like religiously like i'm no you're not gonna touch me leave me the fuck Mm -hmm. alone and this is like me 14 Mm -hmm. years old have to fucking take a stand of this shit um and uh i just did that for like until that motherfucker graduated (laughs) and he was persistent now now that i think about it like any kind of interaction if he ever saw me he wanted to like do that shit to me and i was like move to the other side of a room leave a room ignore mm-hmm. him not talk to him and the thing is like i remember the school really liked him because he was considered the jokester quote unquote because he would do that kind of shit but it was like yeah it was a little much he would make a lot of like i mean, part of like looking back today maybe he was something and that was his way to deal because he made uh, a lot of those jokes not, no we're not we're not gonna be like we're no, not gonna sympathize that, maybe we're that like the bully no you're right no um you're right. It's like, yeah. fuck him. But, yeah. um, so that was my high school experience. Woo! That's uh, um, a lot. It was. Lot. Um, it did set my tone for me because, you know, I don't like being. Set the tone for what? Yeah, I have already talked about it. I don't like being touched sometimes. Like, some, remember, like, I, the, in, school sometimes in engineering like our friend would like ooh and do that and I would jump yeah I hated when I think I freaked out at him once yeah like why why are you doing that because he's an asshole but um don't even get me started yeah um, we're just talking about a friend we're not gonna say anything else Um, (laughs) our friend ex-friend well I mean whatever (laughs) um whatever that was yeah yeah um the thing is, is like, 
I don't like being touched when I don't know when it's coming. So. Me too. Ooh. Me too. <laughs> Trauma? <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> we see each other. No, yeah. Um, the same thing. Like, a lot of times, like, I, like, I, and I give people warning. Like, and don't touch me, people please. find that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't say, like, don't touch me. Like No, I, I say, like, don't touch me. Okay. <laughs> but what? It's a I'm... boundary being set. There's nothing no, wrong No, I with understand. That. That's why I said okay. That's why I said okay. <laughs> um, but, like, I'll, I'll want to, like, hug somebody. And I'm like, do you want a hug? And, like, you know how, like, people sometimes they'll ask you, like, do you want this? But they're all, already, like, handing it to you. Or they're already doing mm -hmm. the thing that they asked you permission to do. Like, I'll wait and, like, keep all my limbs to myself. And so the person is, like, like it's a lot of times, like, the person will be like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, well, okay. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, other times, like the person's like, yeah, I would actually really like a hug. And I'm like, great. I love that we're on the same page and that you don't have to feel uncomfortable yeah. in receiving, um, a hug from me or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I really don't like when like people like touch me too much or like, yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah. I don't, it's like, I, it's like, I'm kind of like, I do enjoy physical chalk. I think that's my love language. Yeah, whatever. me too. But Not me being like, like, me too, but me too. Don't touch me. Yeah. It's like, that's the mentality. It's like, if I trust you, like, that's one thing, you know, if like, if I trust you, then I have no problems with you, like putting a hand on my shoulder or hugging me and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But if I don't know you, I will kick you in the balls. Oh my God. You know, those people that like, get away. Um, like these old ladies that are usually like, <sighs> Like when you're asking them, like usually like a receptionist or like an assistant or like uh, so, something along those lines where they have to be like in a job where they're helping people. Mm -hmm. Like I find a lot of times like those people are very touchy and I'm like, why is what? your hand on my shoulder? I don't know you. Yeah, I like, don't. I would, I would give them the death glare. <laughs> okay, that reminds me of another guy that I know <laughs> that does not know... <laughs> He was so weird. we have like go to therapy. <laughs> I know I need to because it's like now I, this is not a good place to do this stuff. But I'm like, we're talking about it, and it's like, yeah. Um, there. Okay. I mean, it was like it just a work that a guy does not know how to keep his hands to himself, and he would always mm -hmm. be the kind of person that is like, like give back robes to literally everyone, regardless of gender or age. <laughs> he was that dude. And I just after, threw up in my mouth. I know. And like part of me was like, well, he's hot. But also when he did Ew. that to me, it's like, oh, no, no. You keep away. You keep away. Um, yeah, I mean, like. Okay, let's like, pivot back to STEM. You know what? You're right. I It's like, but that's the part of my high school experience. And the thing is, is like, that mm -hmm. was my high school experience because there's like, I was gay. Mm -hmm. Somebody like saw that or whatever, a young me, and then took advantage. And that that was the school I was bringing up. And this was a quote unquote STEM school. So, mm -hmm. and this was back in like 2006, 2007. Like, mm -hmm. it was the Wild West back then when it came to that kind of shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it was not fun. Also, I was Jehovah yeah. Witness at this time too. So, mm, you know, honestly, it's like thinking about it, I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> trauma. You know what? It is acknowledgement of the trauma, but it's like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pivot. So let's get away from the trauma. We have an actual I whole wanna... episode about trauma bonding. <laughs> we do. So we're going to probably talk more about like why we do this, but. 
move on. I okay. So let me let me ask you the the question that's like right there. So being a person who went to high school in STEM, who went to college thrice or not three times, um, twice, twice yes. um, for a STEM major who has been around like STEM people who knows the STEM bros and the mm. STEM culture and stuff like that. Why do you think that STEM kills queer expression? Harassment. Okay. It's not a safe space. Like mm -hmm. thinking about back in my high school days, it, I think it's getting better, but um, a lot of STEM fields are predominantly heterosexual men. Even if you try to get as many minorities in, um, mm -hmm. and not even minorities, because the one I went to, it was predominantly like Hispanic. So mm -hmm. it's, it's still not helpful. Um, yeah. Um, and I do think it's like, generally speaking, it's like, that's the, it's the mentality that a lot of queer people have about, and like looking back into the high school and looking back at engineering and looking back at all the work that I've done, I realized it's like, it wasn't a safe space. I mm -hmm. could definitely say it. What if, I've been harassed. So, I have yeah. been insulted. I've been mocked. I've been fun. And the only way I can reproach those ideas is literally throw it back, make a joke, or a smile. But I never, I always had to be on the defensive. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be exhausting to a lot of people. So then two questions, yeah. um, but I'll ask the second one later. Yeah. Um, did that go into your college experience as well? Um. And the thing is, is like, I've been in college back in like 2010 and then now, mm -hmm. and the experience now, or like more recently, like 2018, 2019, mm -hmm. it's a lot more accepting. So I, I, I see that there has been an evolution in okay. that manner. So like, we're yeah. getting better. Thank God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. It's becoming more and more of a safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, back then, um, it was, <sighs> it's, were you very... able to like make friends? I did. Yes, of course I college. did. Me not mm -hmm. make friends? What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm I'm asking more because um in our friend group I'm not going to out anybody, but there were a lot of there were a lot of people that were part of the alphabet community. Yes, there that. was. So, um, but, I'm asking yeah. like I think in that group, at least that I saw you felt very comfortable. I'm asking if it was on that same level of friendship. There was good friends, though. Uh, I have a Scorpio rising, so I constantly going through a rebirth. So it's like I was close you to them. You grow out of those friends, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. Uh, and I did have friends like there, and some of them were LGBT. Um, mm. mm -hmm. I think one um, of them now is no. Well. You know, the most I know is through the Instagram now. Right. Um, but it was, I'm trying to remember, like, the first time I went and tried to do my engineering. Uh, it was, like, I, I unlike more recent, and I think that's a good idea that I have a comparison to, like more recent, like people were more likely to approach me or be okay to have a conversation with me. Okay. Um, back then, there were the only people that I was friends with were women. Um, mm. Nothing, and that's usually been like my safe space, quote unquote, in these dangers was always about like the women in these areas, like in school, mm. in high school. 
uh, I was only in friends with the girls because they wouldn't mm -hmm. harass me. They would protect me and help me. Mm -hmm. um, same thing in, in, in the first thing, in, in the first time I went to college. Um, mm -hmm. Same thing when I worked in very uh, dominant straight fields, I would just befriend women because it mm -hmm. was like safer. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but now it's different. Because now I actually have straight male friends who are pretty cool that I like to think. Yes, I know you were going to talk shit about them, but let's go. <laughs> no, of course not. Um... <laughs> I mean, compared to them, because it's like a lot of men back then wouldn't even consider, like, right. it's like they it wouldn't consider a friendship, like, with yeah. a gay man valid to some degree. I, I think my reservation comes from, and this is, this is me, like, it's not a call out, um, but I know that you said before that, like, in, when you're interacting with people that aren't queer, um, or that, that aren't, like, outwardly queer, mm -hmm. um, there's this gay people pleaser yes. that comes out, that, or that this, is this, kind this of like... good gay which I, I can't support. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um, and, and, and I say that in a way where it's like, I understand that like, sometimes that's what you need to do to feel safe sometimes. Mm. And not you specifically, because I've been that person before. Me too. Um, I've been in so, those spaces. It's either be the mm -hmm. good gay or get harassed. Yeah. Um. So I think. Mm, I understand that's, the that's thing. That's the only thing because I think even even while um don't forget what you were gonna say. Um I think Too that late, like, I already even forgot. while <laughs> <laughs> um I think that during the time where you saw that there was an evolution in how the college environment was, you know, from a certain year to um now like a couple years ago, I think you also had an, an evolution in terms of like figuring out what mm -hmm. you needed to change in yourself yeah. to have friends to assimilate, to be safe, to feel safe. Um, Cause you are a very like friendly and like joyful person. Mm -hmm. So I think parts of you like adapted to this like good gay persona. It's not, it's not really a persona, but um, good gay person to, to like reach for that, to get that, you know, does that resonate? I'm kind of a little bit like, what do you mean by good gay? Like, cause the um, good gay to me is always like the, it's the similar, like a pick me girl mentality. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm not like other gays. And I definitely had that mentality like six years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And that was because I was very much in straight circles. And like the mm -hmm. difference now is like, I'm more being myself. I am mm -hmm. myself. And it's like, you know, people come to, don't want to be around me. I'm like, okay, fuck you too. Have a nice mm -hmm. day. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. But so what do you mean by good gays is like the same mentality no, that's, or is that's, this... No, that's how I meant it. That's mm. how I meant it. Um, cause like, I think my persona or like how I feel about myself now, um, is shaped by those harassments, those times that had to be tough, those times like the, the trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, and I sort of like, I guess it's like spin it to be more positive or be more funny or something like that. I don't know. 
Uh, we love a comedic spin on trauma. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, like the more I'm talking about, like this episode is definitely, should be like subtitled, like Andrew definitely needs therapy. <laughs> like, oh yeah. man, I've just, it's like a lot of memories that I've on the left blog. I was like, oh wait, no, I, mm -hmm. me too. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, the way that I am now, I guess it's just I'm comfortable with who I am. And I think mm -hmm. that's the difference. Like, I think the older you get, um, the less fucks you give. Because it's like... But do you think... Because mm -hmm. I see more... Um, I mean, we talked about this, like, earlier within this recording. But mm. I feel that, from my perspective, that has a lot to do with being in isolation because oh you think i had more like less fucks given yeah because maybe coming out of the so let's say you go back to your office god forbid oh, but um god forbid and then... <laughs> it's like, it's like do the whole cross catholic thing it's like pray <laughs> <laughs> um and you have to like you have this newfound comfort in yourself and you go out to like your office and you have to let's say you have to face like how much friction that creates in other people that like around you and like you know the stem corporate like environment mm -hmm. um i think that creates a a different dynamic when you realize like the comfort that you feel within yourself creates friction when you're trying to interact with other people mm. so i think right now um being in isolation like gave you the space to, to be more comfortable i i, I have to acknowledge that um i the last point you put is like the corporate version of like stem and since yeah corporate remix uh, out of the two like i'm in a corporate job and yeah. i could tell you how much of a like that whole process of job hunting and looking for jobs in my mm -hmm. local area because i, I mm -hmm. couldn't i didn't have the luxury of moving mm -hmm. um was very heartbreaking was the word mm -hmm. Um, and it's like that friction was there and it's not spoken nobody like nowadays nobody's right. gonna make any kind of like weird comment yeah. to you or it's like are you it's like do you think it's gonna like that's it's not, not a discussion it's not yeah. a discussion but it's like you could tell like yeah. i could see the um, i've been in was in so many job interviews in that process where the second they heard my voice or saw me like the energy changed mm -hmm. and it was like already that was like a no and it's yeah. like I had to like keep work, keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going until I found like literally pretty much, I'm not saying this was the case because I don't have any concrete blues, but I had to find the first job that wasn't homophobic. Um, and it's like, mm -hmm. that's the space. And it's like, I think it's like that because these are heteronormative schools. It's a boys club STEM. Um, I don't, yeah. a lot of people like, and I lonely like to try to fight against it, but overwhelmingly it's very corporate. It's very capitalistic. It's, mm -hmm. It is what it is. It's very pushed yeah. upon society, pushes that on boys, mm -hmm. um, on men. And they say that's mm -hmm. a man's job. And so mm -hmm. they feel like they're going with what society deems them is okay. So anybody that yeah. breaks from that norm, women or queer people, that's why also yeah. women is not very prevalent. And they get more harassment than I do. It's like, <laughs> more it's like the shit that i've gone through it's like it's light compared to what i've seen and what happened to women so um it's like you know just be calling the f word i'm like okay that's a good day 
Yikes. Um, <laughs> um, but it is kind. It is a boys' club, and it's like that's kind of like the societal thing. And um, the only way to stop this boys' club is to like you know more queer and more gay like. I think the reason why queer and women don't go into these fields is because it's like predominantly thing. And that's usually a detriment to people. I know it is whenever I talk to it with anybody else, it's like, oh, but there's a lot of guys there. It's like, but there's no diversity. And it's like, it's scary because we all live in society where we are harassed or fucked with by these people. But the only way that we can is like, you know, kick them out. Be there yourselves. That's the thing. People don't... I feel like when people talk about like the prestigious careers that like somebody could go into or something that can pay really well, people, I mean, I think now there's more of an, an emphasis or a conversation about culture within, you know, a job environment or whatnot, mm-hmm. or within, you know, a field, but it's, it's, I'm understanding now, even in an academic context with, like, when you think about academia you would think that it has more diversity because it's like students it's people coming from different places to study one thing to like um, further themselves or whatever but it's not like that <laughs> um, at, at least at my school that I've seen um, maybe it's because like it's during the summer and once students come I'll feel differently but now I, I think I'm resigning myself to to understanding that like when you're a minority you know, and not even like a, a person of color, like just a minority in terms of like queer people, person of color, um, maybe you have like disabilities. Um, you're, you're in a lot of environments where it comes with a lot of solitude. It comes with a lot of um, isolation and feeling like mm-hmm. you have to explain yourself to people who aren't willing to listen to you. Um, or who don't realize that there is something to listen to. Yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's like, like, that is like the base. That is the least of it. It could yeah, be Yeah, like that's lot. the tip of the iceberg. The, that yeah. is the very tip. If you're not like, the, the isolation is just a given in this field, mm-hmm. in STEM mm-hmm. and shit like that. Yeah, um, because STEM, STEM jobs in general are isolating. Yeah, very isolating. It's like. So on top of it, if you have something else that sets you apart from, from your coworkers, it sucks even more. Like, like I remember, you yeah. know, my my summer internship that I had a couple of years ago. I was in a group of people who they, I can't say the company, but no, you they, should never. We, no company names right, here. No company. <laughs> no companies. Um, but they basically this company, um, the area that I was in, that's where their headquarters were, right? Mm-hmm. So all of the people we had like a. Our internship group was divided in like people that were in university level. So I think it was like five of us that were in at a mm-hmm. university level and then another five that were at a high school level. So imagine this. I'm black, a black woman, and okay, I got cool. my internship by flying to a different state to go to a conference because my school doesn't have that many great like outreach programs and stuff like that so i had to fly to a conference so that i could meet more potential employers and i had to go through like an interview process to get um the position with the company that i that i was interning with and i'm in a group of people who live who either 
overwhelmingly, like most of them lived in that um, environment. So they had, for example, all of the high school kids, they had parents that either worked at the company where I was interning Mm -hmm. Or they had parents that knew people there that told them about the internship program. And that's how they knew to apply. Oh, yeah. Then, that's another thing that it's also like the exclusivity of it all. Then and yeah. all of them. I mean, I think most of them were white. There was somebody that was Asian and then somebody that was um, Southeast Asian of yeah. Southeast and um, East Asian descent. Yeah. Um, and then with the people that were working on my university level, one of them or actually two of them were ended up being like interns because their uh what's it called their like research advisor had a connection with my internship advisor or my internship like director so my internship director basically spoke to these people and they were like hey we need one of your students that is an expert in like this thing and then the research advisor was like okay i'll send over like this student and they were just like handpicked basically out of their groups and like that's and then now they have an internship and then the last person actually i think it was like five people including me or four people including me i don't know but the other person that was um actually it was two other people um mm -hmm. the two other women that were part of that group were um women that worked in a partnering university so they already had like an internship that they were doing like during the school year and then it just naturally transferred into like a summer internship. Mm. So I show up as somebody who hustled the fuck yes. out of myself to get this internship. And I land into like a, a research group of people. Um, and by the way, like all the people that were at, at my university level were all white. So I land and I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I hustled the fuck to get to this level. And like all these people like were just basically handpicked or it was just like somebody who had another connection. They were like, oh, well, you're the next seat up. You're the next person in like this pulley of like, you know, my internal like connections and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's. That is just an innate issue in <sighs> corporate. It is yeah. who you know. That is the network. That's why I always hate the networking BS yeah. that they make us do when you're doing because it's like, it is kind of racist a little because it's like in the end of the day, it's like, it's who yeah. you know, but the people you know are like generally the white CEOs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I went to an engineering conference and it was over and it had like the CEOs of all like at least like 50 engineering corporations. Mm -hmm. Like out of all of them, it's like the minorities, like one black woman and then like the rest white. Mm -hmm. It was like. And it's very intimidating. And it's like, I'm supposed mm -hmm. to network with people that I really can't relate to. Um, and it's very hard to find that connection. It's very, it's, I understand like that struggle. And it's like, mm -hmm. even it's like, and I'm just like a white passing man. And it's like, I open my mouth and then it's like, oh, mm. <laughs> that disappointment. It's like a little too gay. <laughs> exactly. Um, like that's gonna impede on my, um, on my- uh, On your productivity. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, goddamn. Yeah, I've been given accolades up the ass, but it's like, nope, mm -mm. it's like, I, hell, I get that from family sometimes. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. but you're gay. Okay. The, the door's the over thing there. Is like, even, <laughs> even, part of, <laughs> even part of, um, like my, my internship group, like I, I felt the friction, yeah. you know, like I saw how close the other people were getting 
and maybe you know it's it's both like an energy feeding cycle thing like it's both feeling the friction and then because of that like i get defensive and therefore i don't interact anymore Mm -hmm. then it feeds the cycle of like there's even more friction because i'm scared and they don't want to interact and 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 then they get closer with the people that they're like most comfortable with which happen to be white people um so it's it sucks because it's like that moment when you're like aware that you're just your presence causes social friction regardless of what it is that you're doing yeah um like i mentioned before when i went to um i went to a big women's conference you know in engineering i won't say any names but it's a big women's conference it's a big women's conference in engineering that's all you need to know like okay (laughs) and i went there and i was so excited to go there and i went there and it's it was just like a sea of white women like oh and it was scary <laughs> it was, it was scary. Like horrifying uh, Dude, too many. Like, and uh. any i didn't i didn't land anything that weekend and i can charm the fuck out of somebody i know that yeah um it just didn't work nothing landed nothing stuck nobody was interested nobody was making eye contact with me um i was talking to this one lady from this one company yeah you and know I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I, I, I really want to interview. And like, I really admire like your company, like policies or whatever I said. And then she was just like, yeah, okay. Nah. And I was like, wow, <laughs> love that for me. You know what's like bad? And it's just like, when they, that, like, they're so dismissive with you, but then like some other white person comes in and no, then literally, it. Oh, I've seen that. That's somebody, just like, oh, the racism is so beautiful. Somebody <laughs> right after me came to talk to that same lady and that same lady, like her personality came out. Oh my God. I like, she, mm. it was like when the sun rises, it was like, I, I was talking to the moon. And then when this other person showed up, like the sun was out. My God. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, but I, I get it. It's like a lot of people like, and back to that question, it's like, why does STEM quails? It's like, it's not inviting. STEM is not yeah. inviting to queer and minorities. It's, it's... A, not uh, the, like, uh, not every minority, but it's like, the few that whites say, like, okay, that minority, based on stereotypes, is smart. They're allowed into the club, but in, like, limited numbers. That, yeah. Um, yeah. Limited numbers. Never the majority. Yeah. But it's like, it's mm-hmm. not inviting. And it's like I I will say one thing like yes. when again like when I had that internship that I that I mentioned before, what really stuck out to me was that there was one black woman who saw me in the same building as as mm. her, and she, um, we were we were actually in the same book club, so I went to like the book first club. book book club meeting, okay. yeah, because I was like I want to socialize and blah blah blah. That's cute. So I went to the mm, I went to okay. the book club meeting, not understanding that it wasn't for interns because like. They had meetings like every month and a half. Oh. So the next meeting that they had, I wasn't even there. My internship was over. I was yeah. back in Florida. So I went there for the first one and she saw me. And my intro was like, oh, yeah, I'm an intern. And like everybody else was like a full uh, time worker at, at the company. So afterwards, she reached out to me and she was like, hey, I heard you're an intern. We have a mentorship club. Have you joined that? Um, I can take mm-hmm. you to lunch. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, and that's the thing. I'm like, if... If if that wasn't necessary, or if she didn't feel the need to foster mm-hmm. whatever interest I have in that field, 
And if it wasn't like a dire need for her to do that, she wouldn't have done that. There's no but need to like approach a stranger a and be like, hey, I'll buy you lunch. She bought me lunch several times just to hear me talk about what I was interested in. Yeah. Then she connected me to somebody else within the company. She reached out to somebody else on my behalf just so that person could give me advice on my career. Yeah. And a you lot know? of people, a lot of people who don't get it would consider that quote unquote networking, but literally it's like one person. That's not networking. Yeah. That's like a wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think also like the idea of networking is that uh, you assume that when you're when you're in this room full of like people that you're going to have common interests, common White things men. to talk about, White men. common uh, interests or anything like that. Like and that's not the case when you're a minority. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's, is, that's what I said more likely to happen that like the whole that's not the case because it's like you're yeah. supposed to connect with these people. You're supposed to have yeah. these people with a job when they already have a biased against you because of the color of your skin or the way you approach or your manner like okay mm -hmm. we live in a society i get it <laughs> yeah yeah um so i guess it's like i don't want to end because we already recorded for an hour and we have another episode we have to record right i i don't want to end on a negative note so mm -hmm. do you want to leave like i this episode has been negative <laughs> yeah very negative we went dark let's be honest i went mm -hmm. dark um mm -hmm. i want to end on a note because it's like still stem is necessary and like mm -hmm. do you have any advice for lgbt um, or people of minority that are like maybe i want to be an engineer and some way to trick them into it or whatever um i the advice that i have is I mean, it's not specific to STEM. Yeah. It's more like um, if you're going into STEM, it comes with those things. The current climate, that's how it is. That's not like, that's not positive. It's just not, but it's realistic. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, if you're going into STEM and you really like it, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be a reason, um, you know, lack of diversity, lack of like acceptance, like social friction shouldn't be a reason why you don't go into it, but you have to know that you have to find a support system somewhere else or yes. you have to find your people 100%. within the school like we found each other yeah um and it took us time to really get close but that's a good thing that came out for yeah. example because we have um something that we have like the same um overlapping experiences mm -hmm. yes, we do. which just feels so good to talk about like um stuff that has to do with stem because you understand you know, mm -hmm. and that interest, like that overlap of like being queer and being in STEM and stuff like that. When somebody has experience with that and that you can find somebody to talk about that with, or you just know that they understand, it feels good. Even if it's just one person, like that'll help yeah. you feel more included, more comfortable, more safe too. Um, so I would say find, it doesn't have to be a community. I know a lot of people are like, find your community, find your people, you don't find one person, yeah, find somebody, find that one teacher who's gay. Yeah. So find somebody, find it's... that one teacher who's gay. Cause trust me, they're out there. You see them and they see you. <laughs> <laughs> and then become the thing and do internships for them and be there. No, let me tell you, there's one, assistant. there's one lady, the... there's one woman. Mm -hmm. Um, she joined our department um or not actually not our department but an adjacent department and i saw her once and i was like i have a good feeling yeah. uh, that maybe they're not straight 
And you know what? She follows me on Instagram now. That makes me feel great. That makes me feel great. That's Um, nice. And I and I do think, I I do think she is gay. Well, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it's one of those things. Like it, it doesn't just have to be like your classmates. You could find a club. Um, There are a lot of, at least at my school, there are clubs, um, like LGBTQ clubs. There's one that that like has the STEM and club or something like that, Um, or STEM and queer. STEM and queer like that mm-hmm. together. Um, so you have to be a little bit creative. Yeah. Uh, I, a little I, bit resourceful. I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that. It's like, uh, yeah. you definitely need somebody because it's like, it's, yeah. it's not an easy field to get into, period. Not yeah. alone, not the environment, but it's also a yeah, difficult subject sure. matter. So you need at least somebody to like study with or like somebody oh, like yeah. be here with me. If they aren't even in the same field, it's like, can you be in the room yeah. and just yeah here my dog it's like the time it, mm-hmm. the the time where we were all like together at school and then everybody would be like studying and then we would all take breaks together and then go back to studying um and just have that routine and like that camaraderie with other people that are also doing like very hard things even if it's not the same thing or like the same homework at the time it feels way better than doing it alone and crying mm-hmm. alone. <laughs> <laughs> Being sad and miserable. Yeah, I get you. It's yeah. like, it's it's a necessary field and it's rewarding and you will make money if you could make it through. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely like, you can't do it alone. And you have yeah. to, whether you have to find, get out of STEM to find somebody. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, mm-hmm. a job is a job. And this, the fact that it's like, it shouldn't define you. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, a lot of people. And that's another thing. A lot of like the white men, that is their definition. I am an engineer. And it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're multifaceted. You're doing this because you want to get make money or you want Mm -hmm. to go into like STEM or feel like it's a need. That's it is Mm -hmm. a need. It's like they Mm -hmm. say it's high demand, but literally there's like STEM jobs everywhere, like engineering jobs mathematics it's like it's everywhere research so do not worry about it. you will find jobs it's like yeah. if you're willing to move everybody i knew in our fr- old friend group in college got a job yeah they got and a good left thing. but that's yeah. the whole thing they left if you're willing yeah. to do that i couldn't because i had like a family to support yeah but if and that's could, the other thing stem yeah. can be a great way to like fund your life if oh, you yeah. need to like leave a household where you're oh, not accepted it's that like is exactly this is like do. it's like when you actually get into your stem job this is literally like middle class or upper class wage yep. you could yep. afford a house shit. and you're and <laughs> if you don't have anybody that depends on you you're making oh, good money oh yeah if you're just alone by yourself on a, like mm-hmm. an engineer salary entry-level yeah. engineer salary girl mm-hmm. Oof. Oof. It is like hell. I'm supporting, I am managing a household and I'm supporting my mother and my brothers, and I'm still mm-hmm. making enough money to like do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is rewarding in that sense in the end of the day. It's yeah. just it's like it's a and difficult you, path. If you hate corporate, but you prefer academia, not saying that academia is like better than corporate, but if you prefer academia, you could also, there are so many. Uh, scholarships, um, fellowships, so many different opportunities that you could like weasel your way in to like fund your life while, you know, learning all about whatever science that you're into and, um, you know, get a ticket 
to some state that you want to visit or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's you just have to be creative yeah. and a little bit out of the box with finding what you need as like a person mm -hmm. so that you feel emotionally okay and emotionally supported. It's yeah. not an easy career path, but I could say it's rewarding at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like anything else, like like if you're looking astrology all those difficult placements that you have they say like it's a lesson and when you actually overcome it you become a better person same mentality yeah. um yeah. it's like if you could stick through it find your people and uh manage to get through to the end you would probably live a mm -hmm. decent oh and if you can't find your people um find a counselor <laughs> get a therapist <laughs> therapy you know yeah <laughs> that could help that yeah yeah Oh God. You see, out of the box. I, there's no shame for me in that because literally I'm like, like a lot of it is just feeling like you have somebody that you can talk to that will understand, or like that is willing to understand what it is that you're talking about. Yes. If that means a counselor, great. If that means a professor, great. If that means another fellow student, great. If that means your parents, great. You know, you just have to find that for yourself. So yeah, that's my advice. Yeah, I, I like it. That is good advice. Um, okay, so Oh and get chug. Get chug for sure. <laughs> do not buy textbooks. There are other ways oh, to do it. Oh, do not. Do there not. There are other ways to do it. They they're trying to exploit yeah. you. Um and also like be careful with student loans. Oh, that's a whole different other story. Mm. But depending um, on your and STEM? There is always somebody willing to pay your education. Oh, yeah. I will say that. Instead, there, there, there is always is. willing to shell out that money so that you can learn more about science. I so, I, find it. I had to rely on loans because I had to like drop out and then come back and buy that time. Mm -hmm. It's like that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, oh wait, why? Why are you? No, it's like, but there is always alternatives, especially when you're in STEM, and especially if you're my like I've gotten scholarships for being like Hispanic and in engineering mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Me too. Like there's um, so many incentives out there. They really yeah. need this. They need people. True. They do. And just to to give you an idea, I know a lot of people have loans, but I I went through undergrad and also I'm going through grad school right now, and I'm not gonna come out of grad school with loans. So yeah. it's possible. You can do yeah. it. And it's very easy, actually. So you just have to find either you just have to find the resources yourself or find somebody who knows how to get the resources. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. That was intersectionality <laughs> part two, um, the STEM yeah. episode. Now we're going to get yeah. to a funner episode uh, where we're going to go into intersectionality part three while being black okay so see you guys soon bye bye <laughs> thanks for tuning into this episode of queer perspective we would love some feedback so please leave reviews wherever you're listening to this podcast or on instagram at queer perspective pod thank you